Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a WNR 476. If Knight of Champions, Double or Nothing, and NXT Battleground. It's a triple threat of prediction bonanza that we've got in front of us. And luckily, I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by up first by my side for every single WWE and AEW show. It is, of course, fantastic. Jaxie Scarlett, how's it going? I mean, this is a huge weekend for the Prediction League. Hello, hello. Yes, it is indeed. The pressure is on this weekend. Um, Hello, everyone, and happy wrestling weekend. It is going to be awesome. So glad you are here. Unfortunately, Monty uh, cannot join us today. I say unfortunately. It's good news, everybody. Uh, I will let Monty probably break news to everybody. But it is good times ahead. So nobody panic about why me and Monty haven't fallen out. Don't worry about that. He's, uh, <laughs> he's all good. Yeah, the, the, the emails I get the most of, have you fallen out with the team yet? And as you can tell, Jaxie is here. Uh, and Monty will be there. And last, but by no means least, imagine a land. It's a faraway place where the caravan camels roam, where you wander among every culture and tongue. It's chaotic. It's home. Arabian nights, like Arabian days. More often than not, a hotter than hot in a lot of good ways. Arabian nights, like Arabian dreams. This mystical land of magic and sand is more than it seems. And it is our own Jasmine. It is, of course, Gina on the podcast. How are you doing? <laughs> what it do, team? Yo, how's it How's it going? It's all good. I'm glad to have you on. Are you excited? I mean, you know, let's talk about the elephant room. The pressure for predictions this weekend, I think, have been the highest we've ever felt on this podcast. Would that be fair to say, Gina? Oh, predictions. Well, predictions have always... I've always been chilled about them. If I got them right, yes. If I didn't get them right, meh. I wasn't really too bothered. I was like, yeah, okay. It was always kind of competition between you guys. But this weekend, I have ne- never felt so stressed in terms of, like, these predictions. And, yeah, I, I definitely agree in terms of my competitiveness went up from one to a thousand over this weekend. Yes, like I said, tonight we've got so many predictions to give. And, of course, we've got a bit of news, catch up with Raw and SmackDown as well. But we're going to start with a bit of sad news uh, because superstar Billy Graham, the Hall of Famer, has sadly passed away. For anybody that doesn't know, of course, Billy Graham, born in 1943 in Arizona, Grew a passion for the world of bodybuilding, creating his own weights at cement to begin building his physique. Uh, but I think what is more should be known about him is how he influenced so many different wrestlers. There wouldn't be a Hulk Hogan if it wasn't for superstar Billy Graham. He started emulating Muhammad Ali in his interviews, calling the iconic line, I'm the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. Of course, with the Grand Wizard as his manager former WWF champion toppling Bruno Sammartino. Uh, there is no doubt superstar Billy Graham is uh, a legend in its time and it's always sad nude. And Jaxie, again, it may not be someone that this, this generation, even the last generation, might know about, but his influence is felt throughout pro wrestling, you know? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, for me, I wasn't as accustomed to who 
he was. But again, when I hear bits of news like this, I, I tend to like to um, take to the old YouTube, you know, and um, just kind of view some of their highlights. So, you know, you've done a good job in terms of his representation within the wrestling business. And, you know, I hope he's now sort of resting in peace. And, you know, my thoughts go out to the friends and family. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, he's a legend and he will be missed. Uh, before we look at the past and towards Night of Champions, let's look at the future. We've got Money in the Bank coming in London, and I'll try to not mark over as much because obviously, you know, like I said I'll be lucky enough to be there. But someone that's not going to be there is apparently Drew McIntyre, who is no longer advertised for Money in the Bank. I mean, Gina, are they just fucking me? Are they going to announce Ricky Starks not at Wembley? Is this what's happening to us? No, don't you dare put that bad juju on my on my Ricky Starks. Don't you dare. <laughs> well, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on with Drew. Is he injured? Well, this is even worse. Apparently, his contract is coming up uh, at the start of 2024, or maybe, you know, uh, definitely not by the end of 23, but his contract's coming up. The WWE and him are apparently not happy with the money he's been paid, uh, or he's not with a position on the card, and there are a lot of rumours that he might leave WWE. Now, he, well, we all know how much I love Drew McIntyre. Come on. I I think it would be... I think is worth more in WWE. And I'm hoping, if they're not advertised for Money in the Bank, there's a chance he might show up at Money in the Bank and actually win. Or, Jaxie, am I just, like, dreaming, you know? It would be a nice surprise, wouldn't it? Really, um, you know. Do never say never. I would say, you know, um, Drew is beloved here in the UK. Um, so they they might just pull a fast one on us, and um, you know, just have him slotted in maybe last minute. Um, you know, this could also be leading towards the story. But I mean, don't hold don't don't hold your hopes up on on that one as well, because we all know with Vince back in power, how quick he likes to kind of. Just drop something, um, and that unfortunately is kind of what I'm seeing happen with Drew here. Yeah, sadly, well, I was crushed at the. So, like I said, I'm not going to get my hopes up for Money in the Bank, but you never know. You never know. One of the reasons apparently Money in the Bank is happening in London as well is due to what uh, Nick Khan, the chief executive for WWE, said. It was that it's a lot easier to show uh, UK broadcasters what WWE is all about because. As we may or not know, the broadcast rights deal for WWE in the UK is actually coming up. So at the moment, it's on BT Sports. There's going to be T, so we might see it elsewhere. Uh, and of course, it's putting it in the shop window. But I mean, the the thing is, I mean, with a lot of WWE stuff as well, with the network so easy to access, I think a TV deal. I mean, Gina, we're in the UK because obviously we're in the UK. How do you watch? your wrestling is it through kind of tv for me it's usually kind of on demand and the kind of you know fight tv um maybe the wb network every now and again yeah i mainly watch it on catch up on on demand just because again it's really hard to like watch it live here in the uk especially with how late it shows let alone what what channel to get it on um so for me i just usually watch it on a catch up when i can yeah, and I think a lot of people as well, especially with Raw being three hours, maybe not SmackDown as much, but, you know, the clips on YouTube and stuff like this are a lot easier 
to digest than it is to kind of watch the show. And I'm not saying you know, that's part of the viewing figures uh, for the kind of WWE viewership, but I think that is a part where you can ex- access it even so easily, you know. Um, but we're going to move on, and like I said, we're going to start the build-up for Night of Champions, but we've got to talk about the draft. Oh, boy, this is going to be tough. So uh, <laughs> the draft happened uh, the 1st of May 2023. Uh, no, it didn't. That was Raw. That was for Raw uh, rather than SmackDown. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, but what I want to explain, be, uh, especially to you, about the free agents. Because not only Brock Lesnar was a free agent after everything that happened there, but so was Omos, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler and Von Wagner. And that's why Von Wagner can show up on Raw. D- does that actually make any sense to have them as free agents? <laughs> you know, um, I I have very reminiscent memories of you know the wild card rule coming into play here, and pretty soon everyone's just going to be like a free agent or whatever, except for they're not. They're actually WWE, but they just are like is exempt to go across both brands. Yeah, it, I'm I'm very confused. I don't think WWE have managed to get this right in years and I wonder whether or not they will ever be able to get the formula right of, you know, when you actually assign a wrestler to a brand, they stick to that brand. Um maybe one day we'll see it, who knows. Uh maybe it just takes not having Vince in in uh the power seat is all it takes, but we'll never know considering uh, Hunter's had to take a step back, so not looking bitter or anything. No, but it's They should just get rid of the draft. <laughs> it's not working, <laughs> is it? I mean, the whole point of no. the draft originally was to create competition when there is none outside of WWE with Raw and SmackDown, but now with AEW, surely, and also with Roman Reigns' total reign, it's proven that you can have one world champ and there's maybe not enough talent that's strong enough to be challenged for it as well so yeah maybe it is time to just say look but or will that affect other talent is is there a case for that i mean yeah again this could open up many doors um in, in that aspect but do i see that happening with vince kind of taking back control no i don't i think that if uh Hunter was still in that seat. I think there was would have been more of a possibility of that happening and more opportunities for WWE as a company, let alone, you know, its superstars. Um, now with Vince back sort of in the main driver's seat, I, I don't really see uh, much of that actually being um, an option. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. So we had Roman Reigns, obviously, as the number one pick for SmackDown. Cody Rhodes in the number two pick. Bianca Belair went to SmackDown with the Raw Women's Championship, which again is another thing that's annoyed us. Becky Lynch gone to Raw, Street Profits to SmackDown, uh, Gunther, I think, the move with Imperium to Raw is actually doing quite well. We don't really see Edge anymore on SmackDown. Matt Riddle on Raw can be a bit annoying. Bobby Lashley's move to SmackDown, I think, would be interesting. McIntyre to Raw, he was included, so it does give me uh, some hope. AJ Styles and the OC's move to SmackDown. Apart from that, not really uh, a lot else going on. Usos to SmackDown, of course. But Zayn and Owens, again, I don't want to piss you off here, Jaxie, so I'll ask Gina. But the whole thing with the titles, like, are they still going to be undisputed tag team champions, Zayn and Owens, and then can appear on Raw and SmackDown? Because then 
what's the point of the draft? I mean, this this makes you also question what the point of the belts are. Why not just merge them if you're not going to remove one from the other? Um, and again, uh, with regards to the draft, how is it going to work? You're just going to have them both go across both brands again, thus making the draft redundant? Or are you actually going to split them up and, and actually have like one tag team from SmackDown challenge them and take those belts from them or vice versa with Raw? So, yeah, it's just a bit confusing. Again, when with this draft, I came out with more questions than, like, excitement. More questions, like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the biggest victim out of all of this was NXT uh, with the call-ups, because not only did they lose their tag team champions, women's tag team champions, Nyla Dawn and Alba Fire, but of course, Indy Hartwell, who was the NXT women's champion at the time. Also, I've got to take a big breath for this, Grayson Waller, Cameron Grant, a chance, Caden Carter, Apollo Cruz, Jinder Mahal, Sanger Veer, Odyssey Jones, Zion Quing, Elton Prince, Kit Wilson, yes boy, pretty deadly, uh, Zoe Stark, JD McDonough, um, I think for me, out of all this, JD's probably a dark horse. Weirdly enough, I actually saw him in Maidstone on the same card as the famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Uh, but apart from Jones, I think everybody main roster ready. Pretty deadly. I mean, come on, Jackson, what are your thoughts on Pretty Deadly? I mean, I know you've only seen him a couple of times, tag team of all time. Yeah. So so right now, my, my thoughts aren't much on them. Um, I don't disregard them as a, a, a prominent tag team or upcoming tag team. Um, but I don't know enough about them to really care about them so far. Um, you know, I think this sort of lends itself to the aspect of the big question going forward, which is uh, what kind of booking are we going to get for all these NXT call-ups? You know, um, we've seen in the past how usually the call-up from NXT is your, like, your death card, really, rather than your calling card. Um, in terms of, like, killing the the career momentum uh, before it's even begun. Um, but, you know, I, I want to stay hopeful for some of these uh, uh, NXT call-ups. You know, there, there's a lot of talent that is being called up right now. So with any hopes, you know, uh, they'll sort of catch on not only to the sort of mainstream audience that only stick to sort of the main brands, um, but, you know, uh, also kind of stick with within major storylines that will actually see them be pushed rather than actually have them be jobbers to a lot of the veterans of Raw and SmackDown as of this moment. So uh, there's a lot of anticipation going forward for these call-ups, but there's also a lot of hesitation. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. So we're going to look at Raw and SmackDown as we go towards Night of Champions. So May 8th, we had the world title tourney, and we had triple threat matches with Seth Rollins beating Nakamura and Priest. And Brock costing Cody with Balor getting a win over the Miz. We see Becky Lynch return. And then Seth beat Balor. A call back to 2016, of course, when they're fighting over the Universal title. Smackdown May 12th, world title tourney. AJ beat Edge and Ray. Bobby Lashley beat Fury and Sheamus. And Bobby getting busted open in that one. We saw Roman and Solo challenging Owens and Zayn. And then AJ beat Bobby. So, I mean... We knew Seth was going to be in the finals. AJ Styles, is that a little bit of a surprise? I think it's good for him. I definitely yeah. definitely think it's good because AJ had recently made a comeback, so it <clears throat> it makes sense. 
Yeah, I think without that, like I said, you could have maybe said, you know, Edge have his chance there, but we've seen Edge rolling so many times, you know, and at least Edge and Seth is uh, quite a fresh match. The biggest news was pretty deadly arriving on SmackDown. Yes, boy, told you. Uh, Raw, May 15th, Mustafa Ali won a battle royal to face Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Uh, again, this they love multi-man matches, don't they, Jaxie? You know, you can't... Is Gunther just too big a challenge to kind of have a rival it needs to be found in multi-man matches now i mean i i think what i get this is another case of just sort of uh not enough build-up or screen time or storytelling to build up some of the new newer talent that we have had brought to the main roster um we do need to actually give more time to not only the champions, but those that are going to become the eventual challengers, because we really don't want this to become a, a continual thing where all of us kind of don't believe in certain challengers challenging for for title belts. You know, um, we just need to pay a little bit more attention, give a little bit more attention to the would be challengers and actually give them a bit more of a rapport when it comes to their win loss counter, um, rather than having so many wrestlers continuously buried because then that way if you actually change your mind on one of those wrestlers they've been buried for so long no one really can kind of get behind them even if they are actually then being given a push so it's yeah. like you know you've got to kind of really look at long long-term storytelling not just for your champions but for your would-be challengers rather than just having them consistently buried yeah i agree with you there smackdown may 19th uh, Liv is injured and the women's tag team titles are vac- vacated. I mean, Gina, we've been doing this pod long enough now. Is the women's tag team titles actually kind of jinxed? <laughs> because, you know, even with like Naomi and Sasha <laughs> Banks going all over, we just, ha- they can't seem to get a run together, can they? You know, I know we had damage control, but that not didn't do really. Much. Yeah, I mean, Damage Control kind of held the fort, but they weren't really given much challenge, you know. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. When I when I think of these women's belts, I just roll my eyes because I don't, I don't know what good has come from them since they've shown up, you know. And it's like, it, it seems like this curse is obviously ongoing. Like now, Liv is out. We thought it was random. They put it on Liv and Raquel in the first place, but just for this to happen again, and then, yeah, God knows what's going to happen next. So, yeah, it's not a good look. That's for no, sure. No, when you like the Iconics, former women's tag team champions are no longer wrestling. You know, like I said, former team walked out of the company. Ronda Rousey just. It's not fully fit at this moment in time, so the plans for her haven't worked. It's just been kind of disaster after disaster. Again, we talk about disaster, but one of the best things, and maybe the best thing in pro wrestling is, of course, a bloodline story. We saw Reigns and Solo hit the ring, of course, accompanied by Paul Heyman, interrupted by Zayn and Owens, who wasted a little time doing everything but acknowledging the head of the table. Sammy planted seeds of dissension within the bloodline, but telling Reigns he is not as good as the Usos, and is to be jumped alongside Owens by Jimmy and Jay, the Hills Tag Team Champions. Of course, Reigns walked off, pissed off at his cousins for ruining his moment. But I think the whole, the, the best part of this segment was Reigns accidentally bumping into Solo. And I'm um, Jaxie, I don't know if you like me, but I was like, oh shit, you better not fucking do that again, Roman. <laughs> you know? 
He's got to be the second wall, really, because he went for gold straight away with Roman, and we all thought, you know, this was the time to do it. But like, like they've they've now kind of ended up ruining the the hype behind Cody taking that belt. So right now, I, I really just again, it it goes down to the bigger question of what what current threats does Roman have? Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to kind of see, obviously, what happens. It's a bit weird because we're going to give Night of Champions predictions, and I know Night of Champions yesterday, but we're going to review it on Wednesday. So at the moment, we're not going to talk about it, uh, weirdly enough. One of the questions we ask ourselves, who's the greatest faction in WWE? It's definitely not Imperium, who lost to Owens and Zayn and Riddle on Raw. Uh, we then have press conferences night of champions May twenty sixth. I mean, how can they be live when SmackDown was later? I don't understand this, but they still did. Michael Cole's Saxon host with Triple H up first introduced Cody with a sling. I mean, if that's not going to predict a result to anybody, I don't know what will. Crowd sang every word. They did love him, and Triple H said Cody has broke his arm. So that is official. Cody, like you said, is the most unluckiest wrestler. He's broke his arm a year after tearing. Uh, like I said. Uh, and we had Trish next. She got the crowd to cheer her and boo Lynch. That's good here work. Uh, when Lynch came out, the crowd theme, which will show, you know, does show Saudi Arabia. It's still probably, you know, not there just yet. AJ came out and said the future will be phenomenal. Seth wasn't there. Mustafa Ali went to Mecca. Which again, that would have twenty years ago. That would have been something heelish to do, but it's actually quite a nice segment. Gunther told the crowd to shut up, and Ali was over like Rover. Bianca interviewed separately. Paul Heyman came out and got EC dub chance. Reigns was interrupted by Owens, and it was interesting about Owens and Zayn as well. The crowd absolutely loved Sammy, but it's the first time they ever competed in Saudi Arabia. Roman walked out and saying said he's not going to let Roman take from him again. I mean, Jaxie, for you, is there a... Because I know Sammy and, uh, and Owens haven't wanted to do this, but is it a case of maybe being told, well, if you want to be up the card, you're going to have to be, compete at these events? Or do you think they actually want to? You know, let's, let's be... I mean, especially judging from the sort of press conference just before... Uh, it took place. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, it was really nice to kind of see Sammy come out at the press conference and just hear the sort of like uh, cheer that uh, the crowd there gave him, you know, um, and it seems genuine. Uh, but then also just coming from Sammy, he seemed quite, you know, like not only was he enjoying himself, but he was feeling very humble with the way that he was paying respect to their religion and um, to their language so um, I, I can't help but feel like it's a bit of both, you know. Um, if, if wrestlers and, you know, um, countries can't sort of, like, find peace within a working relationship, a business working relationship, then what what hope is there for peace around the world, you know? So it starts with the smaller things, but the smallest things. But it was very nice to see this change and actually see Sammy at one of these events once you know yeah i think without shallow of a doubt it's a nice surprise and then smackdown may 26th it was pre-taped so that does make a little bit more sense u.s champ theory retained versus sheamus thanks to pretty deadly yes boy aj beat karen cross but the main meat of the issue 
the very real cracks in the foundation of bloodline have started to show with Jimmy and Jay showing defiance in the face of Roman Reigns, but eventually reunited with him to close out the show. Along the way, the most dominant faction in modern W history brutalised Owens and Zayn, leaving the undisputed tag champions line to close out the show. Jay willingly handed over one set of undisputed tag titles to Sokoa. Jimmy hesitated to do the same in regard to Reigns. It was Jay who took them from him and meekly handed them to the head of the table, who stood tall to close the show. Uh, what do you think of this? Because the bloodline always deliver every segment. Yeah, uh, they, again, deliver on everything, but it just kind of gives a bit more build-up to what is to take place at Night of Champions, you know? Um, there is definitely a lot uh, of sort of uh, storytelling that they've done there again, a, a just brilliant um, sort of continuation for the bloodline. You're just continuously wondering what's going to happen from here, really. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like I said, it does lead into Night of Champions. But we are going to give our predictions, even though the event has already happened, just to be fair. Uh, so we're going to start off with a prediction. Bonanza here tonight with Night of Champions, like I said. And the first match we're going to, we're going to predict is Ray Ripley versus Natalia. We're just going to go nice and quick through there. So, Jackson, start with you. Who was your pick in this matchup? Uh, Rhea. You go Raya in that one. Uh, Gina, what about you? Same Raya. Yeah, and also you'd be no surprise that Monty's gone Raya as well. Same as me. Uh, we move on to our next match, which is another women's match, actually. I don't think this is talked about. You know, three women's matches on Night of Champions and Saudi Arabia show. It's actually really, really good. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish. Who was your pick? Um, I went with Trish. You went Trish in that one. Jaxie? I also went Trish. And me and Monty went for Becky Lynch in that matchup. Uh, another women's title, Bianca Belair versus Oscar for the World Women's Championship. Jaxie, what about you? Firstly, it was really nice to actually see that there were three women's matches on this match card. So I have to actually give a shout out to that. But secondly, um, my pick for this was Bianca to retain. Yeah. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I had Bianca retaining as well. Yeah, so did Monty and I. Uh, up next, the Intercontinental title match, Gunther versus uh, Mustafa Ali. Gina? I want Gunther. Yeah, and Jaxie. Same Gunther. Yeah, no real surprise. Monty and I both went Gunther as well. Uh, and then we have got the world title on the line, or the new world heavyweight championship, we want to call it Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Um, Jaxie, who do you go for on this one? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I wanted uh, AJ uh, to be the the winner of this, but ultimately I decided to think more with my uh, sort of brain and, you know, kind of what I can see going um, on in the next few months. And so I ended up choosing Seth. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? 
So I did the opposite of thinking, and I was like, I'm choosing who I want to win it. So I've gone with AJ. You got AJ in that one. Cody versus uh, Broken Arm. Cody uh, with a Broken Arm versus Brock. Uh, Gina, who did you go? Wait, what were you and you and Monty's predictions for that match? Oh, all went Seth. Before. Sorry, Seth. All went Seth. Oh, okay. Um, I went with Brock in the Cody match. Yeah, and Jaxie? Yeah, me too, Brock. Yeah, we all went. Well, Monty originally went Cody until he saw Cody in the sling at the press conference and then switched to Brock. And then finally, undisputed tag team titles, Zayn and Owens versus Reigns and Solo. Oh, right, I went Bloodline because I'm never going against Roman Reigns ever again. So I went blood, Bloodline there. Um, Gina, what did you go for this one? Uh, I went with Kevin and Sammy to retain. And Jaxie? Yeah, I chose Kevin and Sammy to retain as well. Yeah, and Monty and Sammy, so anybody listening to this live will know the results and there's already one, but we will make it official uh, during the week. Uh, so that is Night of Champions done and dusted. And we're going to move on to AEW. Now, again, not putting us over, but of course we are on our way to Wembley. But there was a lot of fans upset over seat availability. And i got to tell a story. I was one of these as well. Because they had um, the pre-sale that you could sign up for via email, which is available, I think, on the Monday. Uh, which, when you went on there, the tickets were not good at all. You know, you, you had, don't get me wrong, you had tickets that were front row for maybe £1,500. Which, again, is too rich for my liking. Or you had the really cheap seats uh for you know i think it's about 25 quid which again great price for there and people were wondering but seats then opened up because you had live nation having a pre-sale you had o2 priority and then of course general sale as well i mean jackson when it comes to tickets it's a bit difficult because you've got to make everybody happy but a lot of people i think snapped up tickets early thinking they might run out not mm. realizing there'll be better tickets available later on and not have the money to actually do anything about it yeah exactly um i could see uh this happening i this has happened quite a few times to different events that have taken place over here um i mean again there was a lot of pressure on you with this james because i had been away on holiday so i was not looking at the ticket prices at all so i kind of got away with not feeling the same um, level of stress you did well, I got, I got to admit, I did buy cheaper tickets to begin with just to make sure we were there. But luckily, because no one uses Live Nation in the UK, I managed to get the tickets. Out. So again, I'm pretty happy. In here, but I understand the frustration from from everybody. And weirdly enough, you would expect after making this announcement about aid coming to England and London and Britain and you know Wembley, the TV ratings have actually gone down i mean gina what the fuck is that is that is that uk fans playing mind games and say we're well, coming here we're not interested anymore i mean it's like they complained so much that they wanted a uk show they got it and they were like ah eh, we don't want it now thanks anyway <laughs> uh, no, we're not we're not interested you know we're not going to watch a show uh it's just it seemed really really strange that they kind of do 
uh, <laughs> for you know what considering it is going to be the bigger show would build more excitement. Uh, and again, another thing that's worried me about All In is apparently All Out will be just seven days later. Now, Jackson, that worries me because it makes me think they'll leave kind of results in the balance to be sorted out a week later. If they're going to do a show, give us everything, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you'd want the same level of... Um... A dedication and passion put into sort of the build up for for an event taking place in the UK as much as you would dedicate to a show taking place in the US, you know. So it's it's to be expected that we we expect the same sort of level of caliber of thought that is going into the results that take place. It's not very uh, it's not very warming to hear that they're just going to wing it. <laughs> What's even that? Would just be like. Oh, we'll tell you who won this match when they have a rematch in a week's time in Chicago. And it's like, there you go, yeah, fuck exactly. you, you know. We'll make it a then, you know. Yeah, we get Tyson Fury coming out to sing the British fans to cheer us up a little bit after the devastation of not actually won. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm glad. No, of course not, of course. <laughs> not at all. Uh, and again, another interesting bit of AEW news. Not if we didn't have enough wrestling to watch anyway. Uh, there is going to be a new two-hour show called AEW Collision, which is started June 17th. I mean, Gina, yay! Another two hours of wrestling, you know? And especially AEW, they've been great recently. I mean, it makes no sense when you kind of have the two shows, Elevation and Dark, on YouTube, you know? And it's like, are you going to scrap those then? Because they're not exactly doing anything, really. The storylines that take place on there, I don't think there even is proper storylines. They just, you know, these guys are fighting for the sake of it. These guys are hometown guys, so we're going to fight these guys. You know, things like that. So it's kind of like... Okay, you're giving us another two-hour show, so are, do you want us to completely ignore Dark and Elevation now? Or are you going to scrap them entirely? You know, it's just, don't get me wrong, if this starts building some great content for AEW and help build them, then great. But I'm just, I'm, I'm going to wait to see it, I think. Well, now. to answer that news, yes. We I... all know why this show was put together in the first place. I'm not going to say it, I'll leave it for you yeah well first up we've mentioned aw dark and dark elevation are now done because the exclusivity deal with warner brothers to sign aw to collision and rampage and dynamite there's no longer be on youtube so dark and elevation is done uh and again i never oh okay that's good to know that's good yeah. to know but what worries me and again this will piss jacksy off more than anything i think is like you talk about with Collision, there's talk soft brand split. So they actually want to div- divvy up AEW as well and make it more like Raw and SmackDown. I mean, please don't introduce any more titles. You know? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, well. It's, it's going to be inevitable that a, a new title or two will be made for this two-hour show. I mean, especially if they're still keeping Rampage. Um, and Rampage is on TBS. So, you know, you've got Jade and the TBS Women's uh, Championship belt, uh, which would be made redundant, and they'd have to sort of re- rename that title and stuff. So th- th- there's a lot to think about at the moment. Um, but, you know, 
it, it's no shock hearing that the sort of the first event will be taking place in Chicago, knowing sort of the the, the original reason why this whole show has been created in the first place. Well, like like you said, apparently, let's talk about the elephant in the room because the whole yeah. reason for this and the reason why I've announced Chicago is that CM Punk is looking like he will return, but he has not sorted any problems out. He's not sorted anything out with the elite. And the reasoning being the story behind it all is that Collision will be a CM Punk show and he will have nothing to do with the elite who will be kept on Dynamite. It just, how can Tony Khan keep this situation under control it just it it's just sounds like it's not going to work first of all this is such school kid sort of stuff you know a big massive argument happens and you guys can't be sort of big enough and professional enough within your workplace to actually sort of deal with it and actually work around each other instead you've got to have a whole show built around you i feel like there's just been a lack of um excitement around this new show for me, not because of it's an additional two hours of wrestling TV time, because, you know, if this gives a chance for uh, a lot of the AEW roster that hasn't been featured as of late, another opportunity to be able to be seen, then that's always a good thing. But I think it ultimately it boils down to the fact that this whole show has been created so that CM Punk will come back to work. And, you know, I, I, do really enjoy CM Punk as a wrestler. He's done some great work within AEW so far. Um, but it, it, I've got a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because I just feel like this is ultimately all stemmed from him refusing to sort of like, and I again, I'm not there. I don't know all the circumstances, so I really can't, you know, judge the situation or anything like that. But from like a sort of professional work setting, this whole the whole reason behind collision feels like it's just come from controversy yeah. you know just to actually sort of like just uh put like a, a war up between the the major problem in the room rather than actually uh dealing with it and actually squashing it you know um but again where where else is cm punk gonna actually go when he's actually sort of crossed a lot of Bridges with WWE, I don't really see him returning anytime soon, if at all, especially with Vince back in power. You know, maybe um, if it was under the guise of Hunter, but not anymore. So, you know, like that, ultimately, this would have been the only thing that could have stemmed from it. He could have gone through Tony's Ring of Honor, you know, um, but again, that that's not a big enough platform for someone like. C- CM Punk. I could see CM Punk not wanting to be on, uh, wanting to be on more than just Ring of Honor. So this is where this kind of really has stemmed from. So there's a bitter feeling about the reason behind the show. But well, the thing is, like, I mean, Gina, I'll ask you. Can this. you imagine that, though? Can you imagine that? Just turning around to your boss and saying, "Listen, yeah, I don't like Karen, so you better create a whole new office." And put Karen in that goddamn office because yeah. I'm I'm not working in the office with Having her. you two on <laughs> podcast because you can't work together. Be like, look, we, we <laughs> exactly. Know, they just double the doom together. Yeah, I would never, never want that one. That could happen at some point potentially. No, no Monty has asked. No, I'm joking. But I'm no joking. I'm joking. We we all love each other here. Uh, but what's interesting is again, Gina. Is it all fucking worth it? Is Tony Khan hedging his bets on the ratings going up a little bit and selling a little bit more merch? But is it worth it when you're bringing Punk back? Because obviously CM Punk cares for one person more than anybody, and that's CM Punk. 
I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, though, you can't lie, there is still a huge CM Punk fan base. You know, the fact that, like, as soon as Tony announced, like, the first collision show was going to be held in Chicago, everyone knew there and then, right, that's confirmation right there. And the whole crowd itself even just started screaming. So the thing is, will it get views? It sure will. The CM Punk's fans are definitely going to be there and the biggest loyalists on on bringing the viewership there. Um, And I'm sure loads of people will tune in to see how it will go down the the issue is whether Tony can keep the consistency of a good storyline going with it being centered around CM Punk and it not getting kind of exhausting or just draining seeing it all centered around him. You know, it it just depends on how the show is, is done. Well, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how it actually works. And uh, Jackson, you mentioned it. CM Punk was backstage at Raw in Chicago uh, meeting up with a few people and Triple H is said to say hello to him before security asked him to leave. He was also backstage at Impact when Impact filmed in Chicago. This is on top of CM Punk appearing in New Japan. Well, being in a crowd in New Japan when he was in Chicago a few months ago. So he is making the rounds. But I just mentioned him. And let's talk about Impact News quickly. Let's talk about Trinity. Because, yes, the former Naomi has debuted for Impact Wrestling. That's right, everybody. A win full of good guys. Uh, she has debuted and has been treated as a star. Uh, and is uh, successful against Giselle Shaw at Under Siege. And I've no doubt will be looking for the knockouts title. But one of the weirdest bits of news as well was she brought some friends with her uh, to watch watch her first match uh, of course Mercedes Monet and Tamina because of course that was team bad let's not forget and Tamina thought it would be the best idea and to be unnoticed by wearing a bright pink wig uh, again Tamina it's nice you can support your friend but come on you think you weren't going to be shown there uh, but what a huge get because when we talk about Naomi, we know how talented she is. And she's bet on herself. And Jaxie, there's nothing better. We see Mercedes Monet. And Trinity has said to herself, right, let me build a reputation. And what better way to go to Impact, where they have got the best knockouts division. It's a great move for her, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is really exciting just to actually see her back within wrestling content. She's been thoroughly missed ever since, you know, both her and Mercedes sort of left the WWE. Um, And, you know, however much I, I stood by both of their decisions to leave, it was really sad not to be seeing her, you know, uh, on, on weekly TV content. So this is just great to see her back within a wrestling um, uh, sort of company um, and one where she's actually treated with the respect she deserves, you know. Um, sadly, I've not actually had the chance to catch up with uh, Impact as of yet, but it is my intention and plan to be able to go back and watch this match. Um, I have seen, uh, you know, bits of it through her Instagram um, so I'm looking forward to actually seeing, seeing her back and just seeing her entrance and feeling that glow again. Yeah, and again, like with Trinity, she deserves, I feel, more than the kind of being lost in a shuffle with AEW or being chucked, you know, like Infina has with the uh, Ring of Honor women's title. Uh, and uh, I think... Yeah, I really wouldn't have been mad if Tony did just want to bring in Trinity and just have Trinity come and take, uh, the, you know, take uh, Jade's title reign 
from her that yeah. that would have been epic. however um yes i also would not i would have feared that she might have gotten lost in the shuffle with the amount of uh women we've got on AEW right now about that well next month of course is forbidden door when it comes to aew and next month hopefully we'll review dontaku and dominion which is two big events in new japan and dominion is going to have a huge match uh, because it's been announced that Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kazuchika Kada will face off with Shuta and his partners of Moxley, or John Moxley making his return, and Claudio Catanoli making his debut. So what a match that should be, and we'll review that next month. Uh, and, of course, we'll go back to AEW now. And I'm not going to do AEW notes, because... Dynamite and Rampage has been hard work this past couple of months. Gina, would that be fair to say that some Dynamites that just are, as I would call them, like laptop viewing, you know, they don't need a big TV for these shows? No, definitely not. I mean, I have found that in recent months, there have been some Dynamite shows that I've watched and I've thought, oh, that's really good. But then when it comes to the actual end of the episode, I've been like, actually... What significantly happened on that show? And then it's just been like, yeah, I don't know if that was worth actually watching on my big screen. I could have watched it on my laptop and played some Spider-Man at the same time. <laughs> so, so, yeah. They come across with filler episodes or something. Yeah, this is the thing, isn't Yeah, it, like know? filler episodes. That's a good way to explain it. Filler episodes. Well, we're going to look at Double or Nothing and give our predictions because, of course, it's tonight. Uh, and at the moment, 10 matches have been announced. We know it's going to be a four-and-a-half-hour show, but come on, let's make this a bit. Uh, so the first match we're going to talk about is the House of Black Open Challenge because of all negativity with AEW, House of Black, Jaxi, have actually been working and have been featured more consistently recently, which is only a good thing. Definitely. Um, you know, I'm I think that they by far have one one of my favorite entrances, um, you know, of recent sort of wrestling uh era at the moment across all uh companies. Um they they've just got something about them and they're really just dominating right now and this is exactly how they should be booked. Um so I'm really enjoying seeing sort of the uh what they can deliver and and the sort of storylines that they're going into at the moment, like they're building a lot more with the House of Black and using them in the in the way that they should be. So I just hope that this continues and we get more of that. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. So we start off with predictions. Gina, the House of Black Open Challenge. We don't know who it could be. My guessing is like the acclaimed with, um, of course, uh, Daddy Ars. But who are we going to go for in the House of Black Open Challenge? Who's your pick? Oh, let's go with House of Black straight away. Excuse me, I completely agree. Jaxie, what about you? I mean, it really is a tough one, but I think that we're going to ultimately have House of Black as the winner. I mean, bonus points if Julia Hart decides to get involved or throw a little mist, just get herself involved in some way. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, House of Black for me and Monty there as well. Move on to the TBS title, Jay Cargill versus Tara Valkyrie. Now, guys, in Impact, Tara Valkyrie was fantastic. Just just everything you want in an athlete. And again, I don't know if it's just 
not enough time given to this story or whatever it is. But I think Taylor's not been treated right and Jade has cooled down considerably. I mean, Gina, what are your thoughts on this TBS title? Because, again, we should be more excited of potential chance that Jade could lose. But I'm starting not to care. That's not right, is it? I mean, I feel like the reason why you're starting not to care is because it's meant to be the TBS title, so they don't show it much on Dynamite. That's fine, I guess we get it, but it's not like she's on Rampage every week. And if it's if the TBS title is meant to be like shown on Rampage only because of its TBS, then surely you want to highlight it every week and have just a main storyline going with it. And just that will actually separate Rampage to its own show as well. But that doesn't seem to have been happening lately. Like she'll be on it like every other week or just have like a back backstage uh, segment. And to be honest, like, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Jade Cargill. I really do. But I, I just don't think that there has been any storyline or or a person big enough to to take it from her. The only ones that could take it from her, they don't really want just being showcased on Rampage, which is why they've got just Britt and Jamie and, and you know, Soraya, people like that. They're only on Dynamite mainly. And if they're on Rampage, it's just kind of a, a it's not anything to do with the TBS title. So it's clear they don't want them having that belt because it just relegates them to that one hour show on a Friday. So, yeah, to be honest, it's not been a lot of build-up for this match. It's not built up Taya Valkyrie much since she made her debut because I swear it went two, three weeks without seeing her and then all of a sudden she was in a random squash match and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot this bitch joined. Like, again, because you took her off for a few weeks, the hype about her died right away. So it's... Is not looking great in terms of hype for this match because they haven't built it. Yeah, well, I mean, Jaxie Genius hit the nail on the head there. And I think when there's a streak on the line, is I remember like when Oscar had her streak and we were wondering what was going to happen. This this ain't it. Yeah, and it's something to do with Jade. It's the book behind it, isn't it? Again, yeah, you just really said exactly uh, what the issue is here. It's like just... Um really sort of not bad booking but not enough booking and um, not enough dedication to sort of storylines that that come up with jade in order to keep the viewer um consistent and and wanting again with uh the sort of rampage being one hour on a friday you're not going to get um anything consistent that we are going to like fully invest in by the time we actually get to these uh uh pay-per-view events you know um especially when as my sister rightly said uh the the champions not being featured um weekly on that show when when that is their branded show um so you know i don't think this is ultimately any fault of jade's i feel like this is a lot to do with uh you know the booking um and sort of like what they've done with the challengers uh because we we all know that there was like that that um, intention of it being Chris Statlander that took it and I think that they needed to kind of like squash that idea when they signed Athena and ultimately at that moment in time Jade was still hot and Athena was really hot coming into AEW you could have done a lot more with her if you'd have actually had her 
like, you know, come in and take the belt, especially because, you know, the, the reputation that Athena had back in WWE as Ember Moon. She was the one that ruined the streak for Oscar. So what better way to continuously showcase her and actually uplift Athena by having her yet again come into another brand and ruin that streak? That was your perfect opportunity. And they they ruined it. They wasted it, you know. Um, again, it's not that I do not like Taya. Um, but I feel like there's not been enough time given to her for me to actually care for her to win the title off of Jade. So I'm not invested in this feud because I don't really feel like Taya should uh, take the, the belt. Because, again, we've not had um, enough consistent content for us to actually care that much whether or not she's the one that takes the belt. So, again, it goes back to your point, James, of we've gone beyond caring because they haven't consistently built up a decent enough challenger to actually really uh, realistically take that belt, take that title from Jade. I think we've all, to be fair, we've all gone Cargill in this one as well. So it, it shows you that there's yeah. no kind of excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'll be angry if Taya does take it. Yeah. I think I'll be so yeah. angry because they didn't build up enough for, for yeah, that yeah. win to be warranted. Exactly. So, like, it will feel, like, really, like, a dud win if she if she picks up that win, because it will be like, oh, oh, so she was the one that's really, like, been ultimately the one to defeat her. So, you know, it kind of feels like all well, that story planning would have gone out the window already because we've not really seen a consistent build-up to truly believe that Taya should or uh, should deserve to take that, that belt from Jade, you know? Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. Up next, it's going to be the Fix Zero Hour, they call it now. It will be Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. And again, I mean, how much steam of Gina with Hook has he lost? You, Hook was like one of the coolest guys in wrestling. And then it's like, oh yeah, he still wrestles for AEW. What, 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 what's, the, what's going on there? <laughs> I mean... Okay, so I've got two sides to this. On one hand, I, I'm not going to lie, me and my sister were a little bit giddy because, again, we do have a soft spot for the Hardys. They're what got us into interested into wrestling in the first place. So when we saw Hook um, sort of looking to tag team with them, we were like, oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited for Hook. I bet he's so excited to be working with the Hardys. That was my first instinct, you know, just as a fangirl um, and just kind of excited for Hook to be getting that experience, probably which is invaluable from getting from working with the Hardys. But on the other hand, when you think about storyline wise, let's exclude Jeff for now because he's not really been on the scene. Matt's storyline has just been quite boring to me. I've never, I've not really been invested. You know, him being owned by Ethan Page, I didn't really care. Um, and yeah, it just. I don't know. I I do agree in thinking that some of Hook's steam has come down from him having matches with Ad Action Bronston, which everyone was on a hype for, you know. Um, it's kind of gone downhill, really, for him. The FTW belt that he holds doesn't really hold any weight to it, really. I don't know if it's actually a legit belt for AEW or whether it's just like a it's standalone belt which he just defends whenever they decide we need a storyline or a match put on the card. So it's just, yeah, I think I think the steam with him is is being lost. And I think he needs to move on from this storyline quick 
and put into something bigger and better if they actually want him to have some relevance. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's it's shoehorning uh, the Hardy okay. hook on there. Don't really make. Don't know um, if they really know what they plan to do with Hook because for a while, as you said, with the momentum that he was building up, uh, it was really looking like they were going to possibly have him teaming up. Um, There was, you know, sort of that angle with Jungle Boy and Hook, um, you know, potentially teaming up. um, And it just kind of like that died out. Nothing really got explained about why they just kind of stopped with any form of storyline between that. Um, and, you know, it, it is exciting to see Hook sort of like aligning himself with the Hardys. But again, you've got is, is asking a bigger question of are they are they potentially looking at him going into a tag team with someone and having like the Hardys mentor him? Um, if that's the case, maybe they should really retire the FTW belt if they're not going to really showcase matches for it. He's not really defending it. Um, but again, yeah, I don't really know what the... Pl- I, I want there to be some sort of plan for Hook because I actually think that he's extremely talented and the more that he's showcased, the more that he can really hone his skills um, and, and be seen as a, a viable uh, candidate to be going for a potential you know, TNT championship reign or something like that in the future. But right now, I don't know if they're just a little bit stagnant with him and don't know what to do, so they sort of bring him in you know, every now and again as a novelty, kind of like what they did with Danhausen right now, because they don't really know what else to do with him. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, it's, it's all well and good putting them together, but I don't know what the plan is for Hook. They just wait for yeah. Jeff to kind of, you know, get fully fit and then have another run at the titles. It'd be interesting. Uh, Gina, who did you go for in uh, the Hardys and Hook team? Um... Hang on, let me just double check my notes because I can't remember. I went with the Hardy Party. Yeah, and Jaxie. Yeah, same. Yeah, so did Monty and I. Up next, a match that's you know has caused uh, some controversy. I think it'd be fair to say Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole, unsanctioned match. I will say Chris Jericho has got the innate ability to get close to anybody that's hot in AEW, and I'm not saying ruin the momentum, but look how hot Rookie Stark was, and Gina would say he still is, a couple of months ago with the match with Chris Jericho, and then what happened afterwards. It's the same thing with Adam Cole, you know, making his big return, and Jericho finding that match. Uh, But, of course, a big segment in it was uh, Chris Jericho uh, holding down Adam Cole as Britt Baker was assaulted by Saray, and then, of course, making money from uh, Britt Baker's black eye. Um, again, I'm a man, so maybe I don't understand. But I thought maybe it was a little bit poor taste. Uh, Gina, what do you think about the whole Britt Baker angle added to the Chris Jericho Adam Cole match? Because surely Jericho Cole is big enough to sell itself without having to do this. I uh, yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I, I like seeing Britt and Adam together. I don't. I don't know how I feel about couples being showcased together like this in storylines because I don't know whether it cheapens the story out a little bit because we're kind of over the damsel in distress era, you know. Um, 
and and that you, your man has to come and save you. I feel like Adam Cole's return should have just solely been about his return and maybe Jericho being jealous that another young one has come back and is going to take some more TV time away from him. Just bitterness from Jericho, you know? I don't think the Brit storyline had to come into play, but I do like the fact that they've incorporated it into Brit's storyline still and then gone their separate ways. If they had continued like to do loads of like damsel in distress like backstage segments and continued it then it probably would have ruined it so i'm glad they only did it the once and i hope they leave it there you know yeah i think it'd be fair to say let's not forget as well roger strong arrived in aew because we all want to see him oh yeah <laughs> i was actually super happy about that i was super happy about that just because I like Roderick Strong, so... <laughs> and then, randomly, it's like, we need another person. Sabu. It's like, what? <laughs> what connection is that? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I didn't, know, I didn't know who this person was, so <gasps> it wasn't You're my shocking. generation. Oh, go <laughs> back and watch some Sabu matches. <laughs> oh, I've definitely <laughs> looked him up. up. To connect him with like Adam Cole, it was just a bit random, you know. Um, <laughs> who's really available? Not, well, not too, not too long before this, ha- like before this announcement from Adam Cole, I remember having a discussion with my sister, and I actually, you know, went into like this big theory, going, you know, they're outnumbered, even though Roderick Strong, Strong's come back um, at double or nothing. He's really going to have a gamble with it being just those two, and the JAS are clearly going to get involved because it's unsanctioned. And all this, that, and the other. And I was like, now think about it, right? We've just had the announcement of Collision is going to be on a Saturday, which basically means that CM Punk is going to stay in his lane and stay in uh, on that day. But what that also means is that it opens up for someone who also dislikes CM Punk to come back on a on on you know the 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 non Saturday show, which and and I was thinking, you know, Bobby Fish. You know, and if Bobby Fish could come back, then Carl O'Reilly. So I was thinking, oh, double or nothing that, you know, those two will return during the match and, you know, make it even or something like that. No, instead we got Sabu. Like it literally I did <laughs> went complete 180 to what I actually thought it was going to be, you know, and I thought I actually had it really worked out and thought this is so clever of me right now. I've worked out already. No, nope, I was completely wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Prediction-wise, with, as we talk about, Jericho and Ad... Gina, which way do you see it going? Sorry. Um, I, I've gone with Adam Cole for the win on this one. He's just had a comeback, so he kind of needs this win more than Jericho does. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with Adam. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah, Adam I would agree with that one. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, same, really. I mean, you, you've kind of already humiliated him and beat the hell out of his girlfriend, so he kind of needs to actually come back with this win. Yeah, um, Monty and I have both gone Adam Cole. In that one, up next, the Blackjack Battle Royal for the International Championship, because nothing says a title was more important than being <laughs> defended in a Battle Royal. Of course, Orange Cassidy, the champion... We've got Ricky Stark, Butcher the Blade, Bandido Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Ari Davari, Tony Nese, Chuck Taylor, Trent Bretter, Kip Sabian, Ray Phoenix, Penta, Swerve, Cage, 
Jay White, Juice Robertson, Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, before we talk about the participants, I know, Jaxi, you were annoyed about this match in itself. Um, it's not that I was annoyed. I'm actually not annoyed about this match in itself. I, I, I think that, sadly, the momentum has been really kind of lost with Orange Cassidy as well. Um, and I kind of keep forgetting week in and week out that he is the, the champion, you know? Um, I actually think that Pac had a more impactful reign so far because he's quite OC is quite forgetful to remember that he is a, a, a reigning champion. Um, so, yeah, it's normally a surprise week in and week out to me that he's got like a championship match. It comes as a shock to me, like, oh, Oh, okay, yeah, he's the champion, I forget. Um, it, in my personal opinion, the only way I see this going is that, like, you know, let's gamble it up. Let's change hands and have someone fresh and new uh, just take the belt at double or nothing. Um, because right now I feel like not only is OC's uh, reign stagnant, but I feel like his character is starting to become a little bit stagnant. Mm. So, yeah, things need to change up a little bit, I think. Well, the problem is for me as well in this is, like I said, you're not bringing Orange Cassidy, you know, not having a feud. And then where was this Keith Lee-Swerve Strickland match that we were going to get? That never happened. I mean, it's still not happened, right? But yet they still actually, uh, like, don't forget to show us that there is still hostility between the two of them, you know? So it's like, well, when is this going to get resolved? Because you want to show us that it's not been resolved, but you're not showing us how it can be resolved, you know? It's not just that it's like the hottest free agent in wrestling, Jay White, is now in the Battle Royal. Like, what the fuck, Mm. man? Have a plan. Like, I'm not saying if he'd gone to WWE, but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be in the Battle Royal. Pretty sure he'd have, like, a main feud to begin with. And again, Ricky Starks... Gina, for you, Ricky Starks has lost all the momentum that maybe everybody thought he could be world champion this year. Yeah, he totally has. Don't get me wrong, he's still number one for me, but for others, they're probably <laughs> like over him. He's probably back to mid-card now for them because all the hype about him has just dropped. And it's really sad to see, to be honest, because it's just making the next kind of storyline for him just look like, oh, he's now gone to jobber relegation, you know? Yeah, it is really, really interesting to see how they're treating certain talent at this moment in time. Uh, but anyway, Jack C, who do you think is going to win this matchup? So I think this is more sort of like a dream booking and this is sort of my double or nothing gamble of the night that I say that I'm going to do, but I am going to believe that it's going to change hands. I think that the belt itself needs to be re-signified as, as, you know, a a prominent belt. Um, And I think, you know, right now leaving it on Orange Cassidy is not the best move. I think we should put it on a heel, um, get some, some, you know, nice faces, like kind of trying to, to, to go for this belt, like, you know, build the belt momentum up that way so I'm actually going to go with the hottest free agent they've put in there and actually say that Jay White is just going to come in Ooh. take the belt and actually make a run with it so that's very, my pick nice. like that uh, Gina what about you Um, yeah this is not going to be a shock I'm just going to go Ricky Starks <laughs> no you go girl that's what I will say <laughs> you do that if McIntyre was in there I would have picked him uh, Monty has said why not have Orange Cassidy retain? Uh, and I feel the same. I don't think there's anybody there. Again, deserves a the top opportunity. There's no doubt. 
about that. But in the Battle Royal, I think OC, and then whatever happens in the next couple of weeks might be the end of that reign. And speaking of reign, the next title we're talking about is the TNT Championship ladder match. Wardlow versus Christian Cage. Now, if you haven't been watching AEW for the past couple of months, you might be thinking, what the fuck is this about? And it's true. What the fuck is this about? Wardlow won the TNT title back for, I think, the 15th time. Uh, and Christian Cage called his shot, spat in the face of Wardlow, and um, pretted him on a ladder. And I think, Jaxie, that's about it, isn't it? I know Arn Anderson's there telling Wardlow's not good enough. Uh, but again, it's interesting to see Wardlow versus Christian Cage at a pay-per-view. You know what, right? When I was watching uh, Christian come out for this um, to make his shot, um, I think I was in the middle of like gaming at the same time, so I wasn't really fully paying attention. So I genuinely was like, ooh, here we go. We're going to get some big men, m- man meat in the ring having Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. I did not know it was Christian that was coming out to make his shot. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how uninterested I am in this team, in, in this feud, this match. Um, again, like you said, I don't even know where this has come from. Um, and yeah, I'm just confused as to why it's happening. So <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Gina, can you help us out? Is there any reason to have Christian versus Wardlow in a ladder match at double or nothing? No, there's been no build-up to this whatsoever. People forgot who Christian was until he came back, and they were like, oh, he's the one who keeps going on and off with that jungle boy, isn't it? You know, it's like, oh, please don't put them him in another match with jungle boy. So, I don't know. I'm not excited for this match, and I, I'm not going to solely blame it on Christian. I also think, and I'm really sorry to say to Wardlow fans, but I really think that you know, this whole back and forth with the TNT belt hasn't really helped his reign. They should have either left it on him and not taken it from him in the first place to give back to Joe, or he should have just gone straight into the title picture after coming back rather than going straight back to the TNT because it it just feels like he's become a one-trick pony sort of thing. So, um, yeah, there's just not really been enough build-up to this match for it to be an exciting one. Well, and the problem is when Arn Anderson is more over than the actual guy he's trying to get over, then you've got an issue. Because all Arn needs to do is point the gun and the crowd will react. And Wardlow now just, even his power bombs aren't going through. Uh, predictions, Jack C, start us off. Wardlow versus Christian, who's winning? Okay, so I've gone Wardlow because if they actually put this about on Christian for any reason, even if, you know, it's down to the fact that Luchasaurus helped him, they really buried Wardlow. And I don't think Wardlow would ever even be able to, like, challenge, not for just for that belt, but even the World Championship belt, again, because of his reign, his twice in a row would have been a joke. So it's like Wardlow has to actually win this. He's got a lot riding on this match tonight for him, I think, just to actually start saving a bit of reputation. So I've gone Wardlow on this. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, same. I've gone Wardlow for the same reasons. Yeah, Monty went Wardlow. I'm taking that chance. I've gone Christian. Because why else have this match? And Wardo won't be pinned, so it could make more sense. I know Wardo would hold a title for a time, but 
let Christian do something. I mean, arguably, he is a great heel. He just needs direction. So I've gone Christian. Yeah, but seriously, Ward doesn't have the biggest reputation of just like having the most un- <laughs> uneventful title reigns and just like the quickest. He's like right now. He's already like holding sort of the the current uh, title of like quickest uh, change over of a title, quickest loss no, of I... a title. You know, um, he's going to end up getting even worse of a reputation if this actually does not work in his favour um, uh, personally me I will start to see him as a joke and right now there's still a slither of me that really wants to kind of see him as sort of like a new upcoming Goldberg the way that like oh. the fans were treating him right now that like is ever going to actually no. uh, get to that, that stage that level of stature like he's not going to reach that level of stature if he's continuously being beaten and deceived by you know guys smaller than him you know fair enough if it was like you know a big one-on-one will Hobbs versus wardlow like absolute bash out but we've not even had the chance of having like a big uh big man match uh one-on-one you know it was like a triple threat before in the first place so it's like right now wardlow's matches haven't been consistently good so if this match really fails him it, he really will start to be seen as more of a joke well, speaking of jokes, you know, you have to wonder what information Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, that's T, have on Tony Khan. Because to be featured again on an AEW pay-per-view facing arguably the great, well, the greatest tag team in AEW without shadow without FTR for the tag titles is a slap in the face to the tag team division. That's not unfair to say. We know how good FTR are they sh- and how many good teams are in AEW. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett just need to fuck right off. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you actually said that because they really do need to fuck right off. I'm really sorry. But, like, you know, we've already had them have yes, their run. You know, when it came to the, the guns and everything like that, they have been heavily featured. Where the fuck are you two going actually taking up so much TV time when we have, like, you know, going back, you know, to the, the sort of for even first year of AEW, you've done so much build-up of how great your tag team division is. Why the fuck are these two facing FTR at double or nothing? Are you actually fucking serious? This this type of match, for me, would be on a rampage. Not even a rampage. Be on a dark elevation. It'd be cancelled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm really sorry, but if you genuinely b- believe that I'm actually excited to see those two, like, and you know, um, I have to say, I feel sorry for Jay Lethal that I'm putting him in the same boat. Is and it's not even like with any disrespect towards Jeff Jarrett and what he can do in the ring, but do I actually think that he should be consistently within a title? Uh, picture like he's been consistently with the acclaimed with the guns and now with FTR no I don't fuck off let the younger division the ones that have been building up AEW consistently for the past three and a half years have their shot and this is one of those moments to have a shot AEW doesn't have monthly pay-per-views like WWE do so these pay-per-views actually are prominent in building up your talent and actually showcasing them on a bigger platform and you choose fucking Jeff Jarrett I'm sorry, Jay Lethal, that you've decided to tag team with him, but you, you're in the same brand. Like, it, it, to me, it's a fucking joke. Like, we, we, we really should have... I would have been more satisfied seeing FTR versus uh, 
the acclaimed or FDR versus the guns. You know what? They should have actually had FDR come back like a few weeks later um, and then challenge the guns for the belts and like put their, you know, career in AEW on the line at double or nothing. That's a gamble. That makes sense. You know, like that storyline would have worked out. You could have built on it a bit more. Instead, you have them hurry up and take it just to actually go against the likes of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Don't you think they've got the, the tag teams mixed up? Like the guns and Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett should be in Ring of Honor. And teams yeah. like the Lucha Brothers should be facing FTR for the tag team titles. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, we again just going back to what i said we've established so many great tag teams within aew that are like really branded aew the lucha brothers being one of them but really like you said uh jeff jarrett jay lethal it, they come across representing ring of honor you know it it, it it doesn't make any sense seeing them in this uh match tonight so yeah it's not that i'm bitter about this match right. it's just more the case i don't actually have a lot of um uh, investment in this match, you know. I think it will be a good one because FTR are involved. But do I think that there's going to be any significant changes? No, I don't. Well, this is the thing. Mark Briscoe is the special guest referee, and there has been kind of problems being here recently. But again, I don't. Again, Mark Briscoe should be doing something else. He should be on a singles run at this moment in time. You know. Not, yeah. Not Agreed. He, he, should, he should really just kind of like, and it, it sounds bad, but right now he should just be more heavily featured on um, Ring of Honor um, and with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They could easily, you know, like have like a decent run um, and have Mark Briscoe actually, you know, sort of play out a lot um, as a singles wrestler within Ring of Honor. I just don't really feel like, um, I don't feel like his um, input in tonight's match is going to have any significant outcomes because I'm hoping that this will be sort of the overall arching end to any storyline with these two groups. And we're going to actually have FTR going back to facing like AEW talent, you know? Proper tag teams. Gene, did you agree FTR to win? Yeah, of course, FTR to win. Right, so up next, the AEW Women's World Championship. Talk about feuds that have been dragged out. Of course, Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. But, I mean, Gina, these women have not had a blow-off and they've been feuding for, like, it feels like a year. I know it's only six months, but when are we going to have this big match between the two teams? I know. As much as you see these two teams in backstage segments or even, like, after matches, you know, we've not actually had the two factions against each other. And it's like... When are you going to do this now? Because I swear every week we see these two factions go against each other, but just in singles matches or attacking after each other's matches against nomads. They've not actually done a full on, you know, faction match against each other. And it's kind of getting to the point where we're going to get bored of seeing these same women against each other and not fully do the teams against each other. They longed it out with Shida. It's just. I feel like I'm just complaining a lot, man. But it, it is. They've just longed it out. They just long out all of their storylines sometimes. <laughs> and it just so loses that momentum. Also, yeah. actually, just like um, thwarting Jamie Hayter's singles run as the AEW Women's Champion. She's not having that many singles feuds right now. 
um, that are believable or, you know, like that anyone can really kind of get behind because she's she, she still got this, um, she's still got this uh, few, unending feud that's not fully ended with, with Tony Storm. You know, I'm hoping with, with this match, it will be the sort of an ultimate ending between the two where Jamie can come away from this and genuinely get into some actual singles, AEW women's title feuds with someone other than the outcasts, you know, um, there might be ultimately um, as a result of what happens at the end of this singles match that she's got with Tony tonight, um, you know, the ultimate, which is um, uh, the the uh, team's match that we want, like the outcasts versus Jamie Hayter, Britt and Sheeta, we'll probably get that, you know, to sort of tie things over, but Ultimately, I think right now we're we're losing not like Jamie Hater's not losing uh momentum, but the the cha- women's championship right now is going to start losing a bit of momentum with thinking that or believing that there's any women out there that has the right to cha- challenge Jamie right now because we're not featuring them. So yeah. it's like this needs to be over and done with because this is too featured uh, across Dynamite and Rampage where nothing else can happen with any other talent. Yeah, and and this is a rematch as well from the last AEW pay per view, Chayton versus Storm, and nothing Mm. really has happened, you know. Uh, Gina, who are you going to go for then? Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Nah, I'm going to stick with my girl Jamie. She needs more of a singles run with this AEW belt and move away from this this like tag team storyline for a bit. So I'm going with Jamie. Yeah, Uh, Jaxie. Yeah, same. I don't think Jamie's like really had um, enough momentum to like kind of uh, have a decent run, and I think she still has the potential to do that. So I don't see her losing tonight. Right. So the penultimate match, and, and maybe the biggest built match on the card, and probably the one I'm looking forward to the most as well. It is of course the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club Anarchy in the Arena. Now, Blackpool Combat Club, we mentioned House of Black earlier. But the BCC has been the coolest thing on AEW for quite some time. We're not getting Danielson wrestling enough. But to see Claudio Mox and, uh, of course, Juta beating the shit out of everybody in their path has been great. Of course, we knew Adam Page was taking out the BCC as they kind of ripped through the AEW roster. And it's led to a steel cage match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Where of course the the biggest thing to happen was the manager to get involved, Don Callis, turning on Kenny Omega and basically saying not a lot about why he did it. Really, uh, this kind of led to afterwards as well the return of Adam Page back to the Elite. A lot of hit and misses, but Jaxie again with AEW with the relationship between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, to see them side by side again has been good storytelling in spite of everything going on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this match is exciting and everything, but again, going back to what you just kind of recently brought up, James, like, why did... I still don't understand why Don did what he did. I really don't get it. I'm I'm... I'm so baffled. I'm really confused. I, I mean, I think even with the way that things were hinting before this happened, I thought that this was mainly like a ploy for Don to get Kenny away from the elite. You know, I thought that was where this storyline was heading. 
Um, so yeah, I'm still baffled and I really kind of don't understand Don's reasoning because again, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but Don hasn't like, you know, outrightly come out and said that he's in support of the Blackpool Combat Club either. No. So I don't really know. Yeah. And also Don, like you're not a wrestler. You're going to have like all these men coming for you, man. Like, what were you thinking? Like, seriously, what were you thinking? But the thing is, so... again, I I think I've missed a couple of episodes because what happened to Takeshita? Like, did I miss that? Oh, <laughs> like... No, I know that he got, brut- I know he got brutally like taken out and like just bloodied up by the combat club. So I'm I'm wondering whether or not that's like, you know them saying well, oh he's he's too injured to come back so that's yeah. what that was the reason why hangman decided to come out again another question that has come out of this is why is hangman page wearing an eye patch like <laughs> well, he, I, I, I think he, did, he was he stabbed in the something? eye was he it was the 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 yeah. attack you know like the um Screwdriver. They've been hit, attacking everybody with screwdrivers but uh, I just uh, I mean I I'm not gonna lie. I, I really can't remember the last time someone had a screwdriver in the eye and I don't actually know if it was Hangman or not, but I just I, I was just really baffled. Uh, I, yeah, he, he just kind of... it Yeah, it looked all odd. So, I mean, the match itself is going to be of high calibre. I think it's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be entertaining. But I don't understand, like, all the decisions behind it, you know, like, leading up to it and everything. Um, just when it comes to Dawn and when it comes to Hangman Page just randomly coming into it. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see where things go um, with, with the actual storyline and how things play out towards the end of it. Because, again, another question is, will Dawn get involved tonight in this match? And if so, Dawn, why are you getting involved? Well, what, if he, if what, he does... What <laughs> if he does, can we call it AEW Don Don? Because then that would just... <laughs> All the sense in the world. Uh, that's what I. Would well, like. I mean, like, I feel like I feel like if Don does get involved, there's going to be this big ass question of Don. Why are you getting involved? Like, who literally has like <laughs> taken your sandwich? Well, yeah, what who... is wrong? Like, genuinely, like, pissed you off because you're not showing alliance towards the Blackpool Combat Club, but you're coming in at Kenny for what reason? Like, seriously, Don, this explain. But we will look at something positive because Gina, how cool is? Jo- at this moment in time. Moxley is full of swagger. Every time I look at him, I just like, damn, he is his very best at this moment in time. And that's the Blackpool Combat Club bringing it out of him as well, you know? A hundred percent. Mox has never looked so good, you know, like he, he's come from have, having the belt, having lost the belt, looking to go away on holiday, having to come back and take the belt due to shit hitting the fan backstage. And he's still kept his momentum, even in certain losses that the Blackpool Combat Club have taken over the past few weeks. They've had wins and they've had losses. And the losses they've taken is not really damaged them at all. It's just, if anything, it's still kept their hype going because they've been pissed off afterwards and started a fight again, you know. So John definitely is the head of that. And, you know, mixing, you know, Brian Danielson with him is just like a dangerous combo there. But seriously, I just think John's on on some of the biggest flexes that he's been on and he's not even got a belt. And that's what we like. You know, not everything is about belts and people who hold those belts. You can have storylines that can be super hyped and it not be about a belt. So, yeah, super, super into John and the Blackpool Combat Club. I've gone with them as my prediction. 
just so you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, uh, Jackson, what about you? Who have you gone for in this one? Yeah, I think uh, the Blackball Combat Club have a, a real sort of um, drive and motivation. They're, they're really picking up here at the moment. So I've gone with them for the win. Well, Monty and I have gone for the elite. So two for elite, two for Blackball Combat Club. That is the match, everybody, oh, to keep your eyes on. If it wasn't going to be big enough, uh, we've got that. And then our main event, the Four Pillars Fatal 4-Way Match. For the AEW Championship, of course, AEW World Champion, MJF, Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara. Now, Jaxi, this match makes all sense in the world. I love the fact we're getting the four pillars facing it off for the AEW World title. And again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The journey was not worth where we got to in the destination. I mean, like I said, the build-up for this has been terrible. I mean, what the fuck did Sammy become? Sammy three or four times, and Darby and Jungle Boy yeah. just lost all personality. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> again, like this, the you know the idea behind what we were building up to in terms of the four pillars eventually facing off, like the the idea and the aspect, exciting, yeah. Do I feel like it needed to happen right now? No. Do I think it is too soon? Yes. I think they literally just stopped all storylines with each of these four individuals and said, yeah, let's do it now. You know, like for me, um, I feel like there's a lot of factors uh, going into this match that just doesn't, for me, feel like it's the right time for this match to have happened. You know, I feel like it, we could have actually held off a few more years before this actually took place. Um, you know, th this could be down to, like, personal preference, uh, you know, my own opinion. Um, but, for example, I, I kind of envisioned uh, Jungle Boy to have, a, uh, like, really established himself as an individual and not a tag team uh, wrestler, which he's slowly but surely doing, but also would have pried away from that that Jungle Boy era of his character, and actually would have like come into a a, a kind of new character, introduced a new character by this point. Um, Sammy, you actually had him as part of the JAS, but you've kind of forgotten that he was part of the JAS. Brought him out, taken Ty away from him now, so that they're not that annoying couple. He's not seen as that annoying couple now, um, and and also slightly kind of putting him in sort of like a face role without really turning him face. So there's like a, you know, uh, from, from that point of view, I feel like there's been a rush aspect on where they want Sammy at this moment in time. Um, and then when it comes to Darby, I'm, I'm pretty sure Darby has literally just been having a break just up until this point, And then he instantly comes back and is just being thrusted into this picture. So there's the, the momentum as to the reasoning why all three of these men in, are, are going into this title picture match has not really worked. It, it, there's not really been enough time to build on them as individuals to really believe, do you know what, all three of them should be given the shot, really. You know, apart from the fact of everyone saying you're the four pillars, you know, that's just everyone saying you're the four pillars, not that you've earned that spot or that right. So, I, again, it's really awkward to call this match because there's great anticipation for it. I think it's going to be a great match, but I just felt like this could have like been held off a little bit longer and built up on more to be more exciting, more of an impactful 
uh, first match for these four first facing each other, you know? Yeah, I think without doubt. And I think, again, for me with this matchup, yes, it's going to be great, but I don't think the result is in doubt. I don't think that we're talking about momentum from the other three, from maybe Sammy, mm. who it seems the story's about. You know, I just think this is quite an easy mm-hmm. title defence. I might be, I mean, Jackson, who have you gone for in the AWL title? I mean, event? I. I have to agree with you here. Like, I mean, personally for me, I don't feel like Jungle Boy is mic ready, let alone character ready to take on um, the responsibility of being the face of it. Um, I don't feel like Sammy is ready in terms of, I feel they've really not established whether he's heel or face right now. And I don't really feel like there's been enough um, dedication put towards his character to really like have him go go off on the, with the belt right now. Um, And with Darby again, he's been missing for quite a bit of time and he just kind of pops up every now and again. I feel like he needs to be consistently seen and build up more of a rapport again, like he was doing beforehand with the TNT title, but he's not been as consistent week in week out, like being on TV. So it just, again, doesn't feel the right time for him to just up and take the belt. So I've gone for MJF to retain as well, because I don't really see it ending any other way. No, I mean, Gina, it's it's true, isn't it? You know, like MJF, there's only one winner. I mean, unless you're going to surprise us here. Nah, I've gone MJF to win this one. Uh, I completely agree with what my sister said. And, I think they've just done this pillars match way too soon. I don't know why they've done it this this early because again, as you've all pointed out, they haven't really elevated the other three enough to look at them and be like, that's a world champion. And I'm not trying to say they're below MJF in terms of they're meant to be equal for pillars, but I just don't think that they've been put in enough storyline action for people to be like, I want him to take it from MJF, I want him to take it. Like everybody, probably even in the crowd, are expecting MJF to win and wanting him to win because they want him to still keep this reign going, you know. So I've gone with him and agree with you guys. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. So there we go, then double or nothing predictions. Uh, I guess we're all happy with our choices, and we should find out next week and how successful we have been. But as I mentioned earlier, it's a triple threat of predictions and we've got one more show left. Because, of course, tonight is also NXT Battleground, which we'll cover in a couple of weeks' time. I have asked uh, Jackson Gilly for predictions. I don't know what everybody's saying. It's not fair because, obviously, me and Monty do NXT update. But have you know this year, it is one-on-one for NXT. So the experts are on one, so to speak, compared to Jackson Gina on one. So we're going to find out here if it actually matters to watch the show in itself. Uh, so Battleground, got quite a good card. Last man standing, we're going to start with last match. It's going to be Dijak versus Ilya Dragunov. And Gina, I'll start with you. Who's winning? Well, on the Prediction League... No, for the NXT predictions. Are you ready? Uh, I mean, I think so. Not really. My guesses are completely random. So everyone's going to probably think, what the hell is she going with? Right, so we'll go ear dragging off. Yeah, die jack to start us off. Yeah, I'm just going to go dragging off. Yeah, dragging off on Jackson. 
I've gone with the same Dragunov. Yeah, and you two will be happy to find out me and Monty have also gone for Ear Dragunov in that one. And I'll tell you something, Ear Dragunov is got so much emotion, you're going to see him take a beating, and he's just one of my favourite wrestlers to see take punishment because he just dishes it out as well. NXT Tag Team Championship, Dallas versus the Creed Brothers. Jaxie, who are you going for in this one? Um, I've gone with Gallus again on this. You've gone Gallus, Gina. Um, I'm saying I've gone Gallus. You've gone Gallus. You'd be pleased to know that Monty has also gone Gallus, but I have gone for the Creed Brothers in that one. NXT Heritage Cup, Noam Dar, my man, versus Dragon Lee, Gina. Um, I just I just put Dragon Lee. <laughs> Fine, Jaxie. Um, I went with the other one. Um, what's his name? Noam Dar. Wait, in, in a couple like, of Noam. years, he was going to be Noam or Noam. Is that with an N or an M? M. Noam. Noam Dar. Okay, yeah, Noam Dar. Yeah, Dar. Dar is the Scottish supernova, uh, as he is known. Uh, I've got Noam Dar in that one, and so has Monty. Uh, up next, the North American Championship, Wesley versus Joe Gacy versus Tyler Bate. Uh, Jack, see who you gone for. Um, who was it versus Tyler Bate? Wesley, Joe Gacy, or Tyler Bate. Oh, I, I put Wesley to retain because he's the current champ, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, Excuse me, Gina? Yeah, I got Wesley retaining. So you went for double Lee in this one. Uh, Monty also went for Wesley. We've got the women's tie- NXT Women's Championship Tournament. Tiffany Stratton versus Laya Valkyrie. Not to refuse to tie Valkyrie, Obviously, over in AEW. Uh, Gina, who you gone for? Um, I went for the Tiffany Stratton bitch. <laughs> Jaxie, what about you? Um, I went with this uh, Tiffany Stratton too, although I don't know who either of these two are, so that was just a pure guess, honestly. Yeah. I don't know who they are at all. Live Cry was in NXT. Are they, are they new signs? Like, I, I'm trying to think if I've heard of them before. Like, because the Valkyrie girl has the same name as uh, the Valkyrie girl from AEW. Was the Valkyrie girl, was the Valkyrie girl from the NXT UK? Yes, yes. Yeah, from oh, NXT. she was. Uh, oh, I thought okay. so. Yeah, I've never but, heard of but, uh, her. Did, um, original spelling. Where did Tiffany Well, uh, Valkyrie's original was Aoife, spelled A-O-I-F-E. So you can see why they changed the name. Uh, With Tiffany Stratton, she is everything. If I said to you she's everything Vincent Mann looks for in a woman's wrestler, I think that will put in your head. Right, okay. Well, that's probably what she's bringing in. She's talented, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, we've all gone Tiffany Stratton in that. She has (laughs) Tiffany epiphanies. which And then the main event in Carmella Hayes' hometown... For the NXT Championship, defending against Bron Breaker. Um, Jack, see who you gone for? 
I went with Carmelo Hayes to retain because I'm pretty sure Bron Breaker is getting called up. Gina? Yeah, I went with uh, Carmelo as well. Okay, and I think you'd be pleased to know that Monty and I have both gone for Carmelo Hayes in that one. So a couple of little changes there. So at this moment in time, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out who is successful in WWE, AEW, and NXT predictions. Gina, how confident are you to win at least one of the three? I think that's a target for each of us, isn't it? You know, at least. I am not confident at all. <laughs> not confident at all. This this weekend has really shaken me up. So, yeah. Definitely feel like I'm going to be a bit disappointed regardless this weekend. I'd really get one one out of three. I mean, Jaxie, come on, that's the target. At least one out of the three of them. I mean, I'm going to try and have hope because I feel like I've been, I, I feel like I've really taken into account and really thought about my answers in, in all of these choices. Maybe probably apart from NXT because I did just guess I don't watch it. So I'm sorry. Those are all guesses. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going to have some faith. I'm going to have some hope for this weekend. Yeah, Shadow of that, like I said, it's been good. If anybody watched Night of Champions last night, of course, we were going to review that middle of the week. And, of course, Double or Nothing and Battleground tonight. But that is it, I think. I don't think there's anything else to say. So don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you? Um, I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Dubbin are also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all good platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, Dubbin Podcast, with the latest clips. Podcast got the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that's it. Like I said, our next episode is Night of Champions. Until then, I have been James Ronald and was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining me, Jaxie, again. Thank you. It's been fun and have a great wrestling weekend, everyone. Yeah. And of course, the genius of Gina. Have some faith, Gina. You might have gone free for free and not even know it. We'll see about that for sure. <laughs> but enjoy, enjoy the wrestling tonight. <laughs> Right, shallow of a doubt. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.